any fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter of a mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower. 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is, performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. And this is Drive Radio, third hour. If you're listening on Sunday, thank you very much. We cannot answer your questions live on air, but you can sure call us, or you can sure text us, I should say, the text line, which I'm going to answer a question in a moment, 307-200-8222, 307-200-8222. Also go to the website, drive-radio.com. Email us a question there. We'll get it answered for you. Lines are open, by the way, though. Affordable interest mortgage call in line, 303-477-5600. That's the number to call. 303-477-5600. Call us. We'll get you right on here. we got an hour left of today's show. Don't forget, next Saturday, we will be live down in Colorado Springs at the Novus Auto, Lo- no- Novus? Can't talk. Novus Auto Glass location in Colorado Springs next Saturday. Come by and say hi. We'd appreciate it. But today with me, we have Jeff Corwin from JC's British and 4x4 over in the Inglewood area. Got a text question, though. Here we go. Replacing a head and upper valve train on a 4-liter Jeep. 2000, 2001, had a bad casting, and the head cracked, leading to oil waste mixture. Or, no, or sorry, oil-water mixture. When I get it back together, I'll drain the oil, run a flush change just a few minutes after I get it started, and possibly another just a few miles after that. Is there anything else I can do to minimize destruction of the main bearings, or is that my biggest fear? And that, cause that's his biggest fear in putting it back together. By the way, if you just get everything flushed out well... Uh, I would run the EPR in it just for grins, just to get some of that carbon and stuff off the bottom. But you do that. You'll flush all the water and such out of it. I don't think you've got any issues with anything that way. The only thing would be as long as the bearings didn't get damaged as of right now. Correct. And that one's easy to check. That pan's easy to pull. I think I would go ahead and just check it on that Jeep. That's not hard to do. Probably not too hard. Just pull the pan, and if you're this far into it, pull the pan, check the bearings. If things look good... Piece it back together, do what we just talked about, and there's no need to change oil after driving it just for a few minutes or, you know, for a few miles uh, in doing that. That would not be an issue whatsoever. So uh, we got some folks on hold. Let's go to Mike and Aurora, who is next. Mike, welcome. What's going on, sir? Oh, yeah. Well, you said uh, uh, the only way to know if you had a gas-directed injection engine is to look it up. I I was wondering, how do you do that? Where do you go? Tenth digit of the VIN. Tells you the engine, that is the engine number on a VIN code, and there's lots of VIN code um, uh, decoders, VIN decoders, I should say, out on the Internet. You can just plug that in, and that should decode the VIN for you. You can always call your local dealer. They will tell you as well, or you can send me an email with your VIN number, and I'll check it also. Um, I also think, I believe, if you want to, you can sign up for your own personal profile on car i think yes, carfax very well said too you enter in your vin and i believe it gives you a, a decent decode of the type That's of things right. your vehicle has the neat thing with carfax or some of your service centers when you sign up with their program uh you'll get automated reminders so i mean 
and they're typically like Carfax and like the program that we use, it looks at your average drive, you know, how often you drive every time you come in for service. It and it's an on. adaptive system That's right. to kind of have an idea of when to remind you of That's services. Right. That's right. Well said. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, I'll check that out. Okay. Right. Mike, I appreciate it very much. Thanks for the phone call. I'll put one on hold for Larry here real quick. Let's do this real quick before. Ah, I missed that. That's okay. Larry's got a call he's answering right now. We'll try to get that one. If you just tried calling in, give us a call back. I'll get you on hold. And uh, Larry's talking to somebody off air. 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. But, yes, if you're questioning what engine is in your car, plenty of VIN decoders out there that can help you. You can always, always take that VIN number. You can send me an email directly at drive-radio.com. You can call somebody like Jeff at JC's British and 4x4. Any of the other Caller Select members that we've got, they can do it as well. All of us have the ability to plug that number in, mm -hmm. and it will literally give us everything we want to know from the vehicle, when it was made, uh, the engine number, it, or sorry, the, the engine itself, now, the VIN numbers don't get so specific that we can know what color vehicle you're driving and some of those types of options. But in general, we pretty much know what is that vehicle based upon that VIN code. Yep, Correct? Yep. The dealer's going to have the deeper information where, you know, they may have body trims and colors. Not and off the VIN, though. Well, yeah, but what happens is they pull up the VIN, that, and then that, they're, because right. of the in manufacturer, their system, it'll tell them, yes. they'll get the rest of the information. It's not specifically off the VIN. Correct. Well said. Yeah, because yep. in their system, they have the rest of that info. Correct. Yeah, because uh, typically, like, if you go to a collision center, uh, there's another tag inside of your vehicle that will give specific paint codes and things Correct. like that that they yep. work off of as well. But most of the time, yep. that's not an issue for the, yep. the most of you that are listening. There's even uh, some parts ordering systems out there where you'll enter the VIN number in Correct. and they'll actually, because of that, they'll know what engine came with the vehicle, That's right. what, you know, That's what right. mechanical setup the vehicle had. Uh, by the way, when we go to order parts from Napa, our, our Napa system, by the way, does exactly what Jeff just talked about. You plug the VIN number in, it'll specifically tell you what engine's in it and so on. So, But again, if any of you have any questions on that, you can send me an email directly. I can find that for you, uh, drive-radio.com, or any of our centers that are a part of what we do here on Drive Radio, they would love to help you out as well, too. It's not hard to do. That's really simple. Craig in Wheat Ridge is next. Craig, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm fine, John. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for calling, sir. Hey, I know you love your Bolt. I do. But um, as I've said a couple times, uh, as goes California, as does Colorado, um, Kevin Polis issued a statement the other day, I don't know if it was an executive order, uh, saying that uh, we would be all electric vehicles by 2050 in Colorado. Yeah, and that's what he and said. That's now, as I said earlier in the program, uh, you know, that's 30 years from now. A lot of governor changes will happen. I mean, even he won't be governor by then. So, yeah, that's sort of a directive that he's trying to implement. Now, where the heaviest hit's going to come immediately is he is directing the oil and gas industry in the state right now as we speak to make some changes immediately. So the car thing is sort of secondary to what he said the other day. And, and, and to me, that was sort of a mask over of, as to what he's going to do in the oil and gas industry. For example, he just placed somebody high up on the oil and gas board here in the state from the Sierra Club, if that tells you anything. Oh, God. Yes. So that, to me, Craig, was a bigger story than what he's doing on the electric vehicle front. Now, um, assuming the cost of electric vehicles come down and the infrastructure 
accommodates it picks up through the ability for the more electrical demand for correct it. which right now by for everybody they, listening what craig is referring to which is a big deal and nobody in the press craig to your point right now ever talks about this we don't have a grid even inside of the neighborhoods to support everybody plugging a car in and charging it up all night long we don't have that ability right now so you know assuming that you replace a lot of the let's call them petrol stations with electric stations. Yes. And is is this even feasible? Can this be done? And, and Not till battery cost, technology improves. No, it cannot be. Okay, and at what cost to the people that can't afford an electric car and the jobs that are lost? I mean... Oh, well, Craig, what time? Craig, 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 we, we have RTD for those people. <laughs> Come on now. You know how this works. If you can't afford that new electric car, well, we're just going to let you get on RTD. Could you picture? Uh, an, I, can you picture Uber drivers trying to deal with electric vehicles? Oh, they just have to just, like change vehicles four times a day. I know. It's just now. I will say that you know, given it's you know, thirty years down the road, and even California's you know, what are they? Uh, uh, they're talking twenty thirty five, so they're fifteen years down the road. I mean, a lot will change between now and 15 years. But I will also say this, uh, Craig and Jeff both, if we don't improve on the battery technology side, and I realize people are, are working in that direction, although that the find has not been found yet, uh, the reality is until battery technology improves where we can have a fast charge and have a longer capacity, uh, you know, longer range and things like that, this is all a pipe dream. Well, I did hear a bit of the Corey Gardner-Hickenlooper debate, um, some sound bites that uh, uh, George Brockler had on. And as they talk about those of us that are maybe a little bit more old school, still like our gas-burning automobiles, and, and they, we try to bring up the point that jobs will be lost in the petroleum industry and the, and the, the automobile manufacturing, the, the mechanics that work on the gasoline-powered, all the jobs that are related to gasoline engines will be lost. They come back at you with, jobs will be created to service all the electric vehicles. But the electric vehicles don't need that much maintenance. No, they don't need that much service, and I'm driving one so I can attest to that. So they're, they're not right in what they're saying there. Now, I also will say this. When it comes to the actual petrol vehicles that are on the road today, until they get a lot of miles on them, there's not a lot of work being done on engines in today's modern vehicles either. So that on our side, that's a weak, and I'll just tell anybody that's using that argument, that's a weak argument because what you're going to do on an electric vehicle is the same as a gas vehicle. You're still going to have tires, still going to have alignments, still going to have brakes, not quite as much because of the regenerative braking, but you're going to have other things in the vehicle that are going to need maintenance, much like a gasoline-powered vehicle and what we're working on today. So I, I w if I were... A conservative in that type of an argument, I, that's a weak argument. I would not use that argument. I would use more of we don't have the technology nor the infrastructure to do what these guys are trying to do by 2035 and or 2050 at this moment in time. And then also there's the lack of gasoline tax for road maintenance. Correct. Where, where but that, that's got it. In fact, that's something, in my opinion, Craig, that needs changed now. We need to figure out a way to even me personally, I'm driving a Bolt. Uh, Chevy Bolt that's all electric, and I'm not paying an ounce of road tax to help build the roads. Now, in my world, I've got enough other vehicles and fleets and so on where I think I more than make up for that in other various ways. But uh, if, I was, if it was the only vehicle I was driving, Craig, I am not supporting the, the roads I'm driving on. So they're just going to up your registration for an electric vehicle? They need to figure out either how to up the registration or charge me by mile 
what I'm actually using in mileage to actually, you know, for example, a Tesla, which most people don't realize, a Tesla weighs the same as an F-150. But somebody buying a Tesla pays no road tax, yet they're doing as much harm to the road as somebody driving an F-150 is. They should be charged per mile a use tax to drive on our roads to support the roads they're driving on, like the rest of us do. But then, too. Well, I, I hate Again, trying to manage the, to the timelines of that. Yeah, it's in, in on a Tesla, by the way, just as a side note, or any electric vehicle, since they all have a lot of telematics on them, it's really not that hard to figure out. They just need a way to actually have a mileage summary shipped off to the state on an annual basis that say how many miles you've driven, and that's what you're going to pay a road tax on. A lot of conservatives have a problem with that because they don't want people knowing how many miles they're actually driving. But we've got to figure out a way to, to somehow, quote-unquote, tax these electric vehicles for the miles they're driving, Craig, because they're not participating in the road tax. Well, yeah, that, that's where I think you just bypass the, uh, the gas tax at the pump, and then everybody goes to a... Uh, now that, and if you did that, that's a more safe, although mileage. that's not going to ever pass with conservatives, just as a side note. They're never going to approve... A conservative's never going to go for that. Well, if, if, you're, are you, if you're buying an electric car, are you not a conservative sometimes? I mean, um, if... if <laughs> well, I mean, I am, but my point is this. Most conservatives are not going to want people knowing how many miles per year they're driving. That's my point. And some liberals aren't going to like that as well. People in general don't like that, I don't think. They well, don't want Big Brother knowing how many miles a year they're driving. Well, there are some restrictions on some insurance companies. If you've got a collector vehicle, they Correct. Tell you, uh, and you're signing you affidavits. Know, and even if, even in Colorado, right. if you get a collector plate car, you're signing an affidavit that you won't drive more than 4,500 miles a year and so on. But that's a different scenario. That's a very minority part of the population that's got a collector's uh, vehicle. I mean, we're talking about the masses. And, yes, they're going to have to figure out a way to put the road tax on electric vehicles if they're going to keep heading this direction. Because right now, electric vehicles are not paying any road tax. Yeah, we're subsidizing the electric cars. You are, thank you. Still burning. Appreciate yeah. that, yep. Craig. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Craig, I got to run. Appreciate it. No, good comments. I appreciate it. Very well said. Eric and Denver, hang tight. We'll get right back to you as well. And, and that's, by the way, that's a great topic. We can get into that further uh, here on Drive Radio. But th that, that is a great topic that a lot of these folks are not thinking about when they put these mandates in place. How do we then pay for the roads and, and the bridges and the things that we're all driving on? So we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. You just don't feel good. Maybe it's an immune disorder. Maybe it's lack of healthy diet and exercise. Maybe it's a hormone imbalance or some unidentified underlying health issue. Whatever the reason, you can't remember the last time you felt truly refreshed, full of energy and free of aches and pains. Dr. Julie Marchial of Ascent Health Center believes it's possible to feel great. She wants to give you hope by providing practical direction for healthy lifestyle changes. Nobody can figure out their health issues and maintain a perfect diet and exercise alone. We all need guidance and support to find out what's going on and work to fix it. Dr. Julie and the team at Ascent Health Center will meet with you to identify some possible causes for your high stress levels, low energy levels, and poor sleep. Then they will make a plan to stop feeling awful all the time and start feeling great. Mention Rush to Reason today for a free, no-obligation consultation with Dr. Julie. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. 
From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our driveline belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And NAPA parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 NAPA auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at NAPA, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the NAPA auto parts store nearest you, go to NAPAonline.com. NAPA. Get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. Get your unique vehicle insured for what you know it's worth. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance gives you the coverage you expect, which means you have the money to replace your vehicle when something goes wrong. Here's a real story from a customer of Paul. A brand new custom vehicle in transport was not strapped on correctly. It fell off the transport vehicle and onto the highway through no fault of the owner. Because he had insured his vehicle with Paul Lewinberger, he filed a claim and replaced the vehicle, no questions asked. In fact, American National Insurance went to bat for him against the transport company to make sure he got the coverage he expected. With any other insurance, that story might have ended very differently. Make sure your unique vehicle is insured correctly so you get the coverage you expect. Call the personal insurance agent of John Rush, Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance at 303-662-0789. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. We do appreciate it very much. On the phone longest is Eric. Thanks for holding. What's going on? Eric in Denver. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, just a quick comment here. Uh, as much as I despise electric vehicles, uh, Jeff brought up about, uh, you know, like Uber drivers with uh, electric vehicles right. and whatnot. So I do know quite a few Uber and Lyft drivers who are using EV. Um, there's probably about six or seven Tesla is running around Denver right now doing it. Okay. And one of the things with them is most of them say, yeah, their range is about 200 to 250 miles, okay. give or take. And a couple of the guys say, well, when I'm ready for lunch, I go and find one of the charging Charge stations. Charge station, yeah. Plug it in and take my lunch. And he gets another, but, 50, he uh, gets another 50 or 60 miles unless he's at a high, unless he's at a fast charge station. Right. And, you know, and it depends on the day, you know, if it's really cold and they're using the heater a lot or if it's really hot and they're using the AC a lot, that, that also reduces. affects the range, mm-hmm. too. Yep, sure so, does. So, you know, there, there's a ways to go on that. And how many, it, it, I, you know, I, you know, this is a thing. question I don't know the answer to, Eric. How many miles a day on average does an Uber or Lyft driver drive? Depends on, you know, right now, because it's kind of slow. Um, it really depends on the driver. Yeah. When I, I've, I've done a full-time, like, weekday shift, yeah. like a 10-hour shift, and done 400 miles. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. But That's I've the answer I was looking a, for. But, but, I've also, but I've also done 
uh, I usually do like Saturday and Sunday mornings from like 3 a.m. to 9 a.m. Okay. And I've had some mornings where I've done 200 miles. I've had mornings where, yeah, I've done 350 to 400. Gotcha. Um, it's highly variable because a lot of times it depends, you know, what's your goal? How long mm-hmm. do you want to be out there? How much are you deadheading between uh, trips or are you in a good spot where there's a lot of money to be made, so you're doing a lot of little short trips? You know, you might not put as many miles on. Gotcha. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, you, it makes you total know, sense. But it, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and in fact, one of the guys I talked to, he has what's called a solar blanket that plugs into uh, his Tesla for charging, and he'll go and sit out at the airport uh, occasionally and, uh, you know, that's what he'll sit there and plug it in and let it charge. And as soon as he gets a ride to Quest, he unplugs it, folds it up, throws it in the back, and takes off. He says, you know, he said it might get me an extra 10 minutes sometimes, or, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. He said, mm-hmm. Or he said, I've had days where I've sat there for, for six hours. Gotcha. Those things aren't, though, I just know, looked those up. Those aren't cheap either. No, they're not. Wow. He spent some cash on that. Yeah. Well, you know, and the thing is, is for, for the EV, especially the Tesla guys, they qualify for pretty much all of the tiers within Uber and Lyft. So for them, it makes a little more sense, hmm. the, the price of these. They qualify for so much more, so they, they definitely do make more money because they're qualifying for, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but they're qualifying in the same category as a Cadillac or an Audi or a Mercedes. And they're not, but whatever. Yeah, they're, you know, they're not. No. But, you know, but then again, I know I know a lady that does it with a little Nissan Leaf, and she says when she gets down to fifteen uh, percent charge, um, she goes home. Gotcha. You know, okay. so when she, on a Leaf, once she gets her sixty or seventy miles in, she goes home. Well, that, they don't go that far. Day too. Yeah, no, they don't. But the newer ones do. I think the newer ones have about a two hundred some mile range. I don't, are they that high now? Yeah. Because they, because yeah, when they the first started, ones. they had about a sixty mile range. Yeah, um, no, the new ones, the new ones have a have a much better range. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess it all you know, boils I mean, down to planning. To, uh, yeah, it really does. A new you know, leaf I mean, is is up to, and it probably depends on the time of the year. Two hundred thirty nine miles. Yeah, that's a, that's well, the long I mean, range leaf. Yeah. You know, I mean, hey, I, I I can go out and do that six hour, seven hour shift in my pickup and burn through a whole tank of gas depending True. on how much I'm doing. True. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I mean, I, you know, like I'll, I'll give you a prime example here. A couple of weeks ago or before the world went to hell, I get a lot of airport trips on a Sunday morning. Right. Mm-hmm. And especially Highlands area to DIA, I might do 10 trips. Gotcha. Be done for the day with say three, 300 bucks. And, I haven't put that many miles on, and you know I might only burn a half a tank. Gotcha. It's all highway miles, right? And I'm running cruise control. Gotcha. Or I could take and have a day where all I do is run around like short stop and go trips, and 220 miles, and that tank of gas is gone. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. You know, there's yep. so many variables into it. And, sure is. <clears throat> so anyhow, well, I appreciate it. No, good call, Eric. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that very much. Let's go to John and Cheyenne, who's next. John, what's going on, sir? Hey, brother, how are you doing today? I am well. How are you? Well, um, you know, you were talking about power, and I'm sitting here looking at a wind farm that was just built just to provide power 
to northern Colorado for the Poudre Valley and the Fort Col- city of Fort Collins. Yeah. So you guys keep doing your electric stuff and adding that stuff, and we'll keep selling you electric. Okay, and yeah, sounds good. I'll, I'll save money on my electric there bill you go. by getting my, Get your my rebate. Wyoming coal. There you go. My Wyoming <laughs> That's funny. No, but who, yeah, I'm sorry. I just, it's a little sarcastic. No, that's funny. There, but, you know, we're, we're burning coal up here, and I bet you that we're probably two to three cents a kilowatt hour cheaper. Oh, I'm sure you are. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Did, and that's a question I have to you. I used to be in the utility industry. I know all about, did you ever get a device called the kilowatts and plug it in between your volt and the uh, meter and see how much you're actually costing you to charge that every night uh i have an app that tells me actually oh okay it it comes off of my because i use a charge point station at home and my charge point actually will tell me that okay so how many kilowatts is it taking you to charge that a day well hang on i will i'm looking as we speak give me one second here and i'll tell you hold on here um i can pretty much tell you hold on Okay, so I used so last night when I when I charged back up, it cost me fifty two cents, and it used. Hold on, uh, I used sixteen kilowatts. That's that. It, that can't be fifty two cents because your average kilowatt per kilowatt hour uh, is uh, about fifteen cents. So if you use sixteen. You do sixteen times fifteen. Sixteen times fifteen. At, yeah. So that it's still probably cheaper than the gas. Yeah, I mean, well, and again, I, and I'm going off of. Keep in mind, I charge at night. So what's my hour? What's my kilowatt hours at night? I don't know. Do you have time of use rates on your? Bill? I do. Yes. Okay, so then you'd have to figure out if you're charging at night what your time of use. Wait, which it does. I don't start charging until ten at night. And that's probably a lot cheaper than your one to nine. Correct. I use Okay. Correct. Sorry, we got all candy. No, you're fine. No, you're, no it's, this is great. No, and by the way, these are these are questions and comments that are going to keep getting bigger and bigger as time goes by, John. That's why I bought the thing was to figure some of this stuff out. Right. And the biggest thing people don't realize the other thing, and we used to deal with this when I was in customer service. If you've got a sh- any large diesel pickup, any of them, Ford, Chrysler, mm-hmm. or right. you know. And you plug that thing in overnight, that's going to cost you about three bucks. Oh, yeah, to heat the engine up, sure will. You bet. That's that's using a ton of juice. And then, you know, so you multiply that by, you know, three, you know, by 30 days, and all of a sudden their electric bill is way up, and you're like, it's it's wrong. And we send a technician out there, and he goes, you plugging that truck in? He goes, yep, because that's what's costing you the money. That's right. But people don't realize. No, it costs. That's why you should put, I've always said on those, put them on a timer. If you know you're going to leave at, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning, it doesn't need more than a couple of hours of warm-up. You don't need it plugged in all night long. Right, but there are people who do that. I know. and Yeah, and and they're just wasting money. Well, that's an interesting point, thinking about the, the, the use rate scenario, because... In the future, if everyone's going on electric, they're going to get rid of a cheap time. They will. You're correct, because more people will be using power at night. Right. That's right. Yeah, because that's when most people are going to be charging those vehicles. That's right. And you you say the grid's not. We don't have the generation caps capabilities. We do not. For that much additional power, let alone getting it from the power plants to the customer's home. 
know. No, and given the fact that you worked in that area, John, I mean, I, I, I don't, and I've read tons and tons of articles, although I'm not in that world. I've never worked in your world, so I don't know whether uh-huh. these stories I read are true or not. But just to me, common sense says if everybody had 220 outlet out in the garage charging one or two cars, in most cases even two cars eventually, that we don't have the grid in the neighborhoods themselves to handle everybody every night charging two cars up all night long, do we? No. No, because your average house has got a, a 240, 200 amp. 200 amp, right? yeah, 200 amp rating, correct. Right. So if you're pulling um, that amperage for those cars, plus you've got maybe the dryer going and right. all the normal stuff in the house going, you might be maxed out. You might have to upgrade to a class, well, a 400 amp service, which will let you pull more power, but that's going to cost you five grand right out of the box to upgrade the panel. The, and then the, the utility is going to have to upgrade, put a new meter in and everything. So you're looking at five grand right there to upgrade to charge that. Gotcha. So, you know, people are not realizing when they buy these electric cars. And the one thing I always did, and I worked for a gas company in New York back in the 90s, and the entire fleet ran on natural gas. Okay. And I've never understood why they haven't pushed natural gas uh, as an alternative fuel. I have an answer to that. You, because you've seen the oil come out of a natural gas engine as yep. clean as you put it in. I know. The, the biggest reason is, and this is just my own belief, John, is it's yeah. more dangerous. Well, I don't know dangerous. It, it it takes a completely different apparatus as far as people filling it goes, as far as the tank on the vehicle goes, the space that it oh, takes. Yeah. I it's just, it, it's just, To me, personally, it's just not practical. That's why we don't use it. No, I, and if you... You know, like in in our case, we were a fleet. We were a gas company. We were trying to push it, so right. they did it. I mean, it's a great. It, it works great for what you're talking about. But I've got a couple of vehicles that run that way, and it's just not practical for the average everyday user. Makes sense. Now, can I get to my question? Before yes. We can, go ahead. Sure. Go I got to get going. No, you're so, fine. Keep going. Whom do we recommend? Who do you recommend on you know from Colorado Select on the north end of town that could do a used car inspection? Uh, north in the Denver area or Longmont or where? Well, we're, we're looking at, um, I guess it used to be John Elway at the intersection of 25 and uh, 76 there. There's a big auto nation dealer. Gotcha. Just And there, there's a car there that we're going to look at. If you're that tomorrow. close, just run out to Purifoy and have them check it for you. Okay. You're and not that far from them. Yeah, and what do you think that's up to, about 150 for that? Most shops are going to be between 1 and 150 for a used car inspection. And. Well, most of them, if you call in advance to set it up, yep. do it while you wait. Yep. Okay. Yep. Your point, which is uh, 85 and 52, right? Yeah, hi- Yeah, you got you got it. Yep. Okay. That, yeah, that's quick then to get to there. You're not that All far right, from thanks, there. John. Have a good week. You're very welcome, John. Thanks so much. Enjoy. Eric and Denver, hang tight. we got a couple of lines open. The Affordable Interest Mortgage call-in line, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Rates are like a roller coaster lately. Are you concerned about the future and how to protect your home? Do you want to become mortgage safe? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. With home values still at their highest level ever and rates at historic lows, now may be the best time to be prepared if the economy changes. Last time, many of our friends lost their home when it was unnecessary. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Many of our clients have the ability to tap their equity should the economy change, all without having to borrow the money now. We can show you how to access your equity in these uncertain times to give you peace of mind and allow you to focus on what's important. 
your family. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage at 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. We are locally owned and operated since 2001. Our reputation of putting you first with straight answers and listening are unmatched in Colorado. Let us help you protect your home. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where it's all about you. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters, to the patented damping mechanism on our driveline belt tensioners, to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes... And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. JC's 4x4 has been Denver's premier Land Rover independent service facility since 2005. With all of today's latest off-road technology, JC's British and 4x4 is a Land Rover specialty shop. Not only do they service, but they will also outfit and restore your vehicle. The dedicated staff and attention to detail make JC's British your one-stop shop for your Land Rover or 4x4 adventures. JC's British and 4x4 is committed to quality and excellence, whether taking your kids to school or hitting the back roads for adventure. No matter what road you own from the newest Discovery and Range Rover to an older Defender or Series truck, we can help you maintain, repair, or modify your vehicle. When you're tired of paying dealer prices and only given limited options, call JC's British and 4x4 to service and customize your Land Rover or 4x4. Call JC's British and 4x4 right now at 720-586-4756. That's 720-586-4756. Or go to jcbritish.com. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Hi, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Jeff Corwin, JC's British and 4x4 with me today. Eric in Denver is next. Eric, what's going on, sir? Hey, how's it going, you guys? Great show. Thank you. Um, I really like your show. It's cool. Thank you. Hey, hey, you guys, I have a 1979 Pontiac Le Mans, and about eight or nine years ago, the in the steering column, the T column, I don't know what you call it, but it went bad. And this uh, mechanic put it in for me, and he only charged me $70, so I didn't complain about this. But afterwards, the steering box started to leak. It, it doesn't leak a lot. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But my question to you is, there's a big bolt on the bottom. Now, can I just put some uh, putty or some epoxy to stop that leak? Or if I take the bolt out, there's a big bolt. Is there just one O-ring that I have to replace? 
So there's a, there's a number of different uh, ceiling rings on the output shaft of your steering box. Um, they do sell reseal kits. It takes a little bit of work to do. There are some tricks for doing it in vehicle. Um, if you have a slow leak before I go, you know, if this, you know, trying to do it yourself type thing, maybe before you, and I don't know if you've done it yet, but before you go replacing anything, um, you know, do a flush of your power steering fluid, um, give it some fresh fluid, maybe use one of the, the BG or, or Lucas, um, you know, conditioners for your power steering fluid, see if that helps at all. But given the age of the vehicle, the seals have probably worn out. Um, there's also the possibility that the bushings that support the output shaft have worn, where it's actually allowing the shaft to move side to side, where even new seals would not seal it. Um, so it all depends. And that's kind of where, you, like when you said, it, sometimes it leaks, sometimes it doesn't. Could be because right. something's just kind of worn out at that point. Okay. Uh, sometimes it gushes out a lot. Sometimes just a couple, you know, just a little comes out. Um, let me ask you something. If I take that bolt out, am I opening up a can of worms? Or do, would you recommend me not do that? You're talking about on the lower output shaft of the steering gut box. So yeah, you're the, the big nut that holds your pitman arm on. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to be opening up a can, up of, a can worms. of worms. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, now... If I is there any kind of putty I can just put nope, around no. that? No, no, no. Okay. Unfortunately, I, you know what, Eric? If there was, we'd all been using it in our industry a long, long time ago. <laughs> Let's just say that. Okay. Um, now, how do I flush it out? Can I do that myself, or do I have to take that to Grease Monkey? No, you can flush that yourself. You would just take the return line off of the pump. It takes two people. Take the return line off the pump, start pouring power steering fluid in as it's full, and then just kind of crank the wheel right and left and just dump that return line down into a bucket or a pan while somebody else is actually inside shutting the car off because you don't want it to run empty. So you want to make sure that you're, you know, pouring fluid in as you're doing this and then, you know, sealing things, you know, shutting the vehicle off, sealing things back up, topping it off, and away you go. Okay, uh, sir, one last question. And, hey, thanks a lot. But, sure. Um, is your gut reaction that I'm going to have to rebuild that yes. or have somebody put a new one? Yes. Oh, okay, because it's so old. And, uh, yeah, you, if, if you've got any kind of leak coming out of that, yes, you're going to have to take that unit off and go through it. Okay, and then as long, if it's leaking just a little and I keep putting fluid in, it won't damage anything. No, nope, as long as you've got fluid in it, you'll be fine. Now, one thing you could try, Eric, this is a try, no guarantees here, BG makes a power steering conditioner fluid that sometimes will swell those seals up a little bit and help with that leak. You could put a can of that in it or a bottle of that in it and try it and see what happens. BG. Okay, BG power sir. steering conditioner. Okay, you guys. Thanks, um, Eric. Thank you. You bet. Have a great evening I, or a great afternoon, I should say. I appreciate it very much. Arnie in Foxfield, you're next. Hey, <clears throat> I, I maybe missed this in your other conversations, but... Electric vehicles, you know, I I, keep, I hear the you know, they okay. This this vehicle has a certain range, mm -hmm. and they like said they're getting better and all that. Right. But how do you, given the the known that speed you're driving at has a significant difference in how much horsepower that vehicle has to put out. Per mile, in other words, it's not linear. It doesn't go up double when you go twice as fast. It goes up uh, three times as much when yes. you go twice. Yes. As, so it's not linear. No, it's not. So it seems to me this number of how far you can drive 
Depends on how you drive. Significantly impacted. If you dr- if you drive it like anyway. I drive mine, like I stole it, then yeah, your range is substantially, you know, lower because if you're mashing that pedal down all the time, Arnie. To your point, yes, it, it is not. If I drive it, you know, uh, really nicely, and you know, yeah, I, I can get a farther range. Now, in my world, knowing that I'm only driving about sixty to seventy miles a day, and I've got a two hundred and thirty, even on the lease side, a two hundred and thirty mile range, I just get in it and drive it. I don't care. Yes. So you're. But I think what you're saying then is that you're pretty much city oriented. You're, you're well, yeah. I mean, my my biggest oriented. trip would probably be you know next week going down to Car Springs. I may drive that vehicle. I can go to the Springs and back with no problem. It's got plenty of range to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, so I could potentially do. But that's about the farthest I would ever go, Arnie. It's not okay. you know I would not drive that car cross country. I know you can. Right. You could plan it. You go to the charge stations right. and so on, but. That's not what I bought it for, nor would it be a vehicle I'd want to do that in. I've got other vehicles I can drive cross-country. Well, the, the fellow was talking about, you know, driving 400 miles a day. Yeah, if you're doing Uber, Lyft, uh, that, yeah. Uh, is, you're, he you're, getting, is he getting a lot more miles per no. charge no. than you do when you go down to the Springs and back at 75 miles an hour? Probably not. I mean, I'm going to reduce mine a little bit. And, and, of course, there's regenerative braking that comes with those vehicles and so on. But, you know, the most you're going to get, Tesla's got the highest range of any vehicle out there, it, depending upon the model you buy, around 300 miles if it's on a good, nice, warm day. And, of course, as it gets colder, we have less of a, right. of a mileage in those vehicles. But, yeah, if you're, if you're driving Uber Lyft with any kind of an EV vehicle, you're going to have to stop and charge back up if you're doing any kind of ride. You know, if you're doing any kind of riding or, you know, driving for the ride-sharing uh, that's there on a daily basis, yeah, you're, you're going to have to stop and recharge throughout the day. And it's just not practical for most guys. But what I'm hearing, I think, is that you don't feel that there's a lot of difference between high-speed driving versus low-speed and the actual miles that you're going to get out. Yeah, you know, my, in my world, I haven't noticed a huge difference, although I don't drive it at 35 miles an hour consistently you know, all day long. And Arnie, I don't know too many people that do. Most everybody's going to get out on the highway at some point. You're going to mash the throttle down. You're going to run 65, 70 miles an hour. And yeah, when I'm doing that, you're, you're going to use a lot more, you know, volts out of it than, than or, you know, a lot more kilowatt hours out of it than you would if you were driving 30 miles an hour all day long. Okay. So you, you would expect that to happen, though. Yes. Point. Okay. Yeah, see, I'm an old guy. And, and, as, and if I was, you know, my, my, Driving is local, low speed, whatever. Yeah, and you, you know. probably get the max range, you know, the 250 right. to 280. Well, but but okay. again, if you're just doing that all day long, you're going to put your 30, 20, 30 miles on, recharge that night, and not worry oh, about yeah. it anyways. Oh, yeah, you don't need it. Yeah, not I, a big deal. You know. Now, if you're ride-sharing, that's a different deal. So you're not having to get really concerned if I'm going to go and drive to the Springs and back nope. or to Pueblo and nope. back that, oh, well, I'm only, I'm only going to get – this many miles between my charges it's not probably going to be that big a difference that's what you're saying. nope i haven't noticed much difference yeah okay okay nope good stuff for arnie good question by okay. the way i'll be right back don't go anywhere bob and thornton bill and lakewood hang tight we'll come right back this is drive radio klz 560 at napa we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better from the bacteria killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new adaptive one brakes And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa. Get the good stuff.
You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to chance. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. John Rush personally uses Novus Auto Glass to maintain his fleet of company trucks. All of his trucks tend to be in the same place at the same time on Friday mornings. So every Friday morning without fail, John's local Novus guy comes by to check all of the windshields on his company fleet. That's at least 50 different windshields. On the spot, any new little chip or crack gets immediately repaired. Since John self-insures his glass repair and replacement, Novus offers him a discounted cash price. Even more importantly, John saves a lot of money in the long run by repairing those chips and cracks immediately instead of waiting to replace all of those windshields down the road. He'd much rather pay $40 or $50 per vehicle for regular repairs than pay hundreds or even thousands of dollars to replace each of those windshields. Take care of your company vehicles. Visit drive-radio.com slash Novus now and schedule regular maintenance for your fleet. Novus Autoglass, the inventors of windshield repair. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Jeff Corwin, JC's British and 4x4 with me today. Bob in Thornton is on the phone next. Bob, welcome. Hey, John, how's it going? Good, right sir. How are you? Um, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm Good. a little... Uh, I'm a little sad about our president and yeah. uh, what's been going on for eight months. My 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 life is not happy. Mm, anyway, uh, let's 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 move. Well, I'm not the only one. Let's move on to these taxes. Yes. I, I, uh, the gas tax and uh, it may be an inefficient way to collect taxes anymore. Um, here's what the deal is with electric. Um, Okay, you, you know I'm an Uber driver. Right. At the end of the year, at the end of the year, they can tell me how many miles I drove while I was online. Correct. Now, if they can do that through my phone, they can do that through an electric vehicle. Correct. Mm -hmm. How many How many miles were you on? Okay, Correct. Fine. Correct. Um, you know, I, and I find that the the people that are all uh, big on electric vehicles are forty and unders, and you know where they live? Apartments. Well, yeah, which they means they have no way to charge them. Where, where are they going to charge these cars? Well said. Okay, now now here's here's another thing that that uh, if you want to charge by the mile, fine. Um, let's say I'm living somewhere and I can charge my car, and I'm talking about a fourth leg. Um, 
you know, a, a regular household current. You got a mm-hmm. neutral, a hot, and a, and a ground. Correct. And even in two twenty, you got you know, the same configuration. Two one twenties and a and yeah, that's right. You have a yeah. You you, you put a fourth leg right uh, on there, and if you're charging a vehicle, you're using that fourth leg. You get charged for it. Now, uh, I th- I think the best way to to uh, uh, pay for the roads is tolls and uh, for you know high vehicle stuff. Uh, the truck drivers they're gonna they're they're not going to electric vehicles in your m- lifetime or mine. Uh, they're gonna pay you know when they buy their diesel fuel and stuff like that. But um, other than that, when I left New York 47 years ago, we got charged on our vehicles by weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we didn't care about miles. Right. How, how, what's your car weigh? Right. And then the, and they figured maybe people would drive 15,000 miles a year and your car weighed uh, 6,000 pounds or 2,000 pounds and they charged by weight. So I, I don't know. But at, at, the point, at, at the point of purchase, when somebody buys an all-electric vehicle and I know you like your little Chevy Bolt, you know, wouldn't work for me. No. Nope. But, uh, okay, extra five grand. You're going to have the car for 10 years. Here, here it is. Too bad. So sad. But if you're living in an apartment, you're not charging an electric car. And if you're no. driving a Tesla to do Uber, you're an idiot. I, and I'll let you, you go with that, Bob. I, no, you, right, I, can't, I can't disagree with anything he just said. He's spot on. Bill and Lakewood, you're next. Hey, how much protection is the cabin air filter for... This, this smoke, you think that'll take it all out? It's going to take some out. It's not going to take it all out. Yep. And virus, no, right? Virus, no. <laughs> Who's going to invent one? Uh, no one. No one. You've got too many other leaks coming through the vehicle that, that things can come through anyways. The cabin air filter is only doing what's going through the HVAC side of the fence. You can use a char- charcoal-activated one that will do a little bit more for taking some of the smells out, but that's about it. That's about it. I mean, think about this, Bill. Every time you open that door and close it, you've got stuff coming in, so there's only so much it's going to do anyways. Yeah, I'm, I'm just tired of being locked in the house. I hear you. I can't blame you. Okay. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it very much. Joe in Castle Rock, you're last today. What's up, sir? Uh, John, just a comment on the guy that called in about uh, mileage and horsepower. In addition to how quickly you accelerate, uh, velocity has a tremendous uh, impact on mileage. The drag yep. uh, mm-hmm. increases as the yep. as the, as, the, uh, as, the as your speed, speed increases. The, yep. Yeah, but in other words, when you hold your hand out the window at thirty, uh, the the push on your hand at sixty is eight times as much as it is at thirty. Correct. I mean, it, it goes up by a, so you double you double your speed. You increase the turbulent drag by a factor of eight. And that's why a lot so, of these, uh, you know, EV cars and people don't particularly care for the looks of them. And that's, I think, that's where Tesla kind of had a little bit of an advantage, Joe, is they actually made a fairly normal-looking car with fairly low drag, and they get by that with, you know, they, they, they get their miles up by just having more battery, you know, power, quote-unquote. But that's why the majority of EVs, my Bolt included, is just a big wedge. Yeah, the, and there's two types of drag. There's laminar laminar flow, like an airplane wing, and anything that's laminar increases proportionally. So you double the speed, you double the drag. But when you have a big, uh, what's that big boxy car, the, the square one, the square electric? Oh, like the old uh, cubes? Yeah, the cubes. Those are, there's almost no laminar flow over those cars. It's all turbulent yep. drag. Well, look at a Jeep. Look at a Jeep Wrangler. There's a great example. Yeah. 
great example. Jeep Wrangler, there's almost no laminar flow except nope. maybe over the roof. That's about it. Um, so if you double the speed on a Jeep Wrangler, you've increased the drag by a factor of eight. That's exactly and right. That's, yep. that's where your horse Yeah, because you're, you're just pushing a brick down the road is all you're mm-hmm. doing. Yep. Pushing a brick. And that's, and that's uh, my engine. That's, that's four years of engineering school, John. Drag goes up by the, yep. by the, uh, by the not the cube, by the quadruple. And, and again, Joe, the, the only way, and just real quick in closing, the only way they're going to get everybody in an electric vehicle, which, by the way, I think we're years and years away from that because it's just going to be one alternative to what we can power a vehicle with. But, you know, the biggest thing is that for a lot of people is just going to be the simple, the looks factor. People in America especially still like the way a vehicle look. It's an extension of who they are in a lot of cases. They want to have something that's personalized. And to a lot of people, the EV look just is not them. Not them. And by the way, it's just going to push the pollution from the tailpipe. That's to the, right. Somewhere uh, else. Well said. To the electric generating yep. plant. So. You're exactly right. All right, guys. Joe, thanks, as always. I appreciate the phone call. So, no, he is exactly right. So we've got a minute left here again. JC's British and 4 by 4 Jeff Corwin, the owner there with us today. And Jeff's, uh, again, we, we talk about this in the first hour. should have said it in the second hour. But Jeff does a lot more than just British vehicles. Yep. I love them all. You love them all. And I will say this, if you're into overlanding or you've got a four-wheel drive vehicle, you want to do any kind of accessorizing, you want to get into the off-road end of things, bigger tires, wheels, lift kits, performance goodies, winches, all that kind of stuff, they can help you out. Got a full showroom of product. You can just stop by and check it all out. And and the worst comes to worst, you stop by and you meet our shop dog, Aris. She yeah. loves people. Yeah, exactly. Works out very, very well. So, guys, <laughs> we're going to get out of here. I do appreciate it very much. I appreciate each and every one of you joining us. Don't forget, you can always text us. So if it's Sunday and you're listening, you can text us. I'll answer a question then. 307-200-8222. You can also go to the website, drive-radio.com. We'll answer questions there as well. Uh, don't forget, you can also um, uh, so text you can call us during the during the week as well on Rush to Reason or on Drive Radio, 303-477-5600. But text us, send us an email. You can always call these guys directly too. Jeff at JC's will answer those calls during the week as well. So anything you've got going on, go right to the website, drive-radio.com. Don't forget, Sportsman of Colorado coming up next. Stay tuned. He'll be with you in just a moment. And if it's Sunday afternoon, thank you so much for listening. Have a fabulous week, and uh, we will see you next week. Don't forget, we'll be down in Novus and Colorado Springs next Saturday. This is Drive Radio. Have a great weekend. Enjoy KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.